inspire the shit out of you and hopefully change your life. Okay? No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. But um but please just just if, if if there's one thing I want you to do today, hug somebody, okay? A stranger, a family member, compliment somebody, reach out to somebody you haven't spoken to in a long time. Just reach out. I think it's important. Anyway, let's get back to the show. We haven't hugged. What? We have not hugged. Oh, we're gonna do it on the of show? Of course. Okay. Of course. Okay. We have to. We gotta look, I'm hugging the prettiest girl ever. Okay. There you go. Yay! Too hard. Oh, what a good hug. You're the best. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And be sure to follow the hug movement. I'll drop that link. Hey everybody, welcome to LesPod. You are here, my friends, because you believe in the LGBTQ plus community and the importance of sharing our individual stories to help impact one another. Our goal with the show is to introduce you to people and ideas that are gonna help motivate you to pursue your passions and inspire you to believe in yourself. Okay, my name is Alexandria Friedlander and I'm here to introduce you to remarkable people who have helped shift the world we live in today. Today's guest is the one and only Monica Alexandra. Uh, Monica Alexandra is quite the hero in my personal opinion. I have known her for a few years, but this is actually the first time we've met in person. Um, not only did she uh, really excel in, uh, the edu in education, but she is a, a professional number one tennis player, and uh, that is not easy to be. Uh, in addition to that, she also is a transformational coach, leader, uh, mentor. We'll allow you to speak more on that. And um, I'm really excited to hear her story, you know, like where she comes from, the obstacles that she's kind of overcome to get to where she is today, and for you to hopefully relate to something about her story because I think that's why we're all here, to feel connected, to not feel alone. And the more that we share each other's stories, that takes place. We don't feel so alone. So I'm gonna go ahead and just pass off the mic to you. Um, again, thank you so much for coming. No, thank you, thank you, Alex. As you said, I mean, we've known each other for years now. Yeah. Uh, speaking on the phone and on social media, I saw a lot of you have bits and pieces here and there and we always say we're gonna do something together and, and I'm, I'm so happy and thank you and honored to you know accept the invitation because um, I'm meeting you personally for the first time and yeah. I already know we're gonna do a lot of good things together I love what you stand for so I'm, I'm more than happy to show up here and contribute with what we can you know in, in telling our story we all have stories Correct. And hopefully, uh, you know, the story that I tell or my story or, or the things that I've done has sparked some kind of curiosity, um, you know, in other people. So I really thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's really beautiful to have you here. Um, so let's kind of just start off. I, I want to know, you know, who was a Monica that was growing up in childhood? 
Who Whoa. is? Okay. Who is? Yeah, I, I go. Uh, I go pretty deep. I see that. You um, me. I, I apologize. <laughs> um, well, then it's not as much fun, and you can't be as vulnerable. But at the end of the day, I want people, and please only share what you feel comfortable and respectful of sharing due to family. Um, but I want people to know that we might not always grow up the, the best way that we wanted to or with the silver spoon in our mouths or with the best parents or with the best um, mental health or self-esteem. But I think what's cool is that we've all had some sort of struggle because at the end of the day, I think being a parent, I don't know from personal experience, but I'm sure it's extremely hard and you do the best that you can and a human has limits, you know? And sometimes we make mistakes and those mistakes could affect us in our childhood and then progress into our adulthood. And what I think is really neat is you come across like a very confident, well put together woman. How did you get there? Nice. Well, thank you for the question. And obviously, it's not um, easy to talk about childhood. Um, sometimes it's easier for some people. Sure. I, I honestly had a beautiful, beautiful childhood. I was born and raised uh, in Bolivia, in South America. It's, it is a conservative country, as many in South America. So very early in my childhood, I understood that there was something different about me, and I think that that's the story for many of us. Right. Um, we don't get to understand it for many, many, many years, uh, and sometimes never. Uh, but I knew that wow. there was something, um, you know, different. And the the fact that when I was, uh, I believe it was eight years old, I realized that there was something different. My childhood has been a mixture of many things, you know, on one end, um, kind of hiding because I wasn't sure. My parents and my family were always supportive, beautiful family. I had a great friends. I went to really good schools. There wasn't anything that I, I was challenging that way uh, there. But my own challenges were, as I was growing up, really self-imposed. Uh, mm. and, and that happens to a lot of us. Um, because I didn't understand what was going on with me, I set up some rules for my life moving forward that allowed me to be, it was positive and negative, so I, it allowed me to become really good at some things in my life, but really good at hiding some other things in my life. So, you know, I was raised um, in Bolivia, I started playing uh, tennis from an early uh, age, uh, when I was eight years old, I became number one in my country, and um, you know, tennis has been for eight me. years old, number one in her country. <laughs> can we just like in that category? Can right? we just give her a round of applause real quick for that? I mean, that's, that's big. That's a big deal. Thank you. And it's funny when I look back at that moment, I remember, I remember receiving that trophy when I was eight years old, and people were clapping, and people were like, you know, I, I, I. I I had people accepting, and I understood at that time that, okay, so in order for me to be loved and accepted and maybe, you know, even recognized, I need to perform and always be at my best and always be number one. 
it was a self-imposed rule, right? That I, it carried me through life and I understood um, later on how much of a damage that might have caused. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I ended up, you know, having a really good career in tennis when I was, uh, it, you know, I was number one in Bolivia. I competed internationally. That allowed me to get a scholarship, full scholarship in the U.S. where I came and I, I, I went to school um, and I was, um, you know, I, did, I finished my MBA when I was 24. Wow, look at you. And I graduated with honors. I mean, this is a journey, I'm telling you, of a lot of achievements after achievements. Yeah. It, at the same time, a lot of, you know, not really satisfaction with my life. So it, it was it was like a parallel life that I was living. So um, you would you say that you compartmentalize a lot? A lot, and that kept me you know that kept me safe in a way. Insane, maybe. insane. And even though you know as I was growing up, there were a lot of more understanding about who I was and like what I wanted. Um, you know, my family has always been very supportive. Uh, the times that I felt conflicted, it was really my own judgments about myself that didn't allow me to move forward. Preach. And it, it's interesting because everything else in my life was great. I was, you know, working. I was working as an executive in like multi-million-dollar corporations in marketing. I, my career was thriving. So yeah. as I was doing that, I also was feeling, you know, a little bit of the inertia. Hmm. So when, when, you know, I felt that feeling of being and living on autopilot, kind of like, okay, my life is about achieving things. And once I achieve something, what's the next? And I always kind of felt like I was comfortable in that gap of between achievement and the next one. And like the, the next one? Like the unknown? Yeah, but the unknown and the chasing of, of something what, Of what the next goal is. Exactly. Fascinating. So I was never really enjoying the present moment. I was always looking forward to what's the next best thing. And not only career-wise, but relationship-wise, friendship-wise, you know. It's very honest. And I like that, that you said that because I can relate. I think a lot of people can relate, especially when you're trying to figure out who you are and what you really like and what feels right and what, what. It's kind of like uh, my mom, my stepmother, told me when I was younger. You know, dating's like trying on clothes. You try on clothes, you see if it fits. If it doesn't fit, you know, it didn't work out. But sometimes you're gonna find a good fit. You're gonna find a good pair of jeans. And I was like, that's a really fucking cool, excuse my French, that's a really cool uh, way to perceive life, you know? And and, and I I think what changed for me was, as I was doing all that in my life, I, I, I was fed up with some of the patterns that I saw in my life. Yeah. Maybe relationships, maybe, you know, at work or how I was living, period. I saw some of the patterns that didn't allow me to move forward. It were very limiting. And I'm like, there's got to be something I got. I need to work on something. And, and that feeling of inertia of, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next step? 
it didn't really feel like it was my life. It was like, I felt like I was living somebody else's. So I, it didn't feel authentic to me, even though, you know, I was living an authentic life as a, you know, gay Hispanic woman in Miami. Um, there were a lot of things about me that weren't authentic. So for me, what changed was that awareness that um, I started asking a lot of questions about myself and really digging deeper. And, you know, I had the opportunity to go to India multiple times where I learned wow. a lot. Oh my God, unbelievable trips. I can't imagine. Yeah. And, and, you know, when I was there, you know, I started learning a lot about energy. Yeah. And energy is a, a lot more powerful than people give credit to. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, I had that theory around it. I had some some knowledge. Yeah. I, and then and then I started practicing myself. I you know I started getting coached, um, and that was transformational for me. And I realized so many things along the way, along that journey, that I wasn't living in alignment with my values. Mm. By the way, uh, now that I coach. Yeah, a lot of the times that I coach today, that's the first thing I realize. People don't know what their values are. No. And when I talk about like values, um, I ask them, so what's important for you? Like, what, what is important for you? And you might say 20 different things that are important for you, but what are the top five? Mm -hmm. I like that, okay. You know, it's so you're narrowing it down so that you can focus one goal at a time instead of feeling overwhelmed. Right. So, for example, and, and this happens a lot when I when I when I have clients, we we go through an exercise. So it's called value assessment, and um, it's a lot of words. Let's let's say fifty, a hundred words, and I ask them to say to let me know from one to ten how important that word. For example, freedom or beauty or relationships or okay. mental health. All of that. How important for them it is. Right. And then. A lot of the times they come back with a list of 30 and I'm like, okay, break it down. Give me your top five. And it gets harder and harder, but once you realize what is you know, your top five values, what's more important to you, life gets a lot easier because then you start finding relationships that align with your values. You start finding friendships that align with your values. You start doing businesses that align with your values. So that was a game changer for me, for sure. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's very, very fascinating um, and very encouraging. Very encouraging. Um, so what's something, you know, you've been around, you've been around in the community. I'm still pretty new. Um, I mean, I, I've been out since I was 19 but I really didn't become part of the uh, lesbian, LGBTQ plus uh, community, especially in South Florida up until about a little less than two years ago. And, um, and the reason that I did it was because I, I don't know if you've heard this story already, but I went to an event, um, which was a really cool event. It was like so many hot girls, strippers, lesbian strippers, um, you can indulge in like marijuana and not get in trouble and it was a safe space and it was fun and I remember going there and I just wanted to go for the event and then I 
I'm a businesswoman, so I contacted the owner. I was like, hey, can I do video for you for tonight? Like, I'll make something really sick. So she's like, yeah, yeah, come on down. And I went to the event, and I was standing in the corner, and I just observed that everyone who was at this awesome bar, this awesome opportunity to network, mm -hmm. to build relationships, you know, to meet new people, that everyone was clicked in clicks or isolated, you know? And it made me feel so sad, like really sad in a really long time because I feel like everyone has insecurity, right? We all struggle with insecurities. It's just part of human nature. But I feel like from what I've experienced, I can only speak from my own personal experience, but I don't get the love, support, the hellos, the welcome. You're, you know, like you belong here when you go to events with lesbians. And that's unfortunate because we're supposed to be family, we're supposed to be sisters, and we're supposed to support each other and hype each other up. And so what I decided to do that night was be a complete weirdo, which I am. I mean, crazies win, so I'm gonna win. I went up to every single girl at that bar and I was holding my camera and I introduced myself. I said, hi, my name's Alex. I'm a videographer here tonight. I just wanted to say hi and just introduce myself. And a good 80% of the people thought I was hitting on them. I hit on one person, okay, <laughs> one. And she was taken, and I was respectful. And um, and then people got jealous, or thought they thought I was hitting on their girlfriends. But at the end of the day, I left feeling like I made maybe maybe someone's tonight. And then the next day I created Les Miami because I realized there's not enough positivity, there's not enough love and support and there's not enough people like you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I had a mix of experiences in, in the Miami arena and the community. Yeah. I had, um, you know, beautiful experiences with the community. I, ha I have a lot of friends that I literally feel like they're my family uh, because my family um, lives in Bolivia. Oh, wow. Still. So I've, I've always been kind of by myself in the U.S. Yeah. And the friends that I made here have become my family. So it is a community that I, I adore, I respect very much. And I also see the potential of having a lot more things. And, you know, any development, any evolution is great. And I think that up until now, there, is, there was a way of meeting and hanging out and mingling and, 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 and sharing as a community. I think from now on, you know, there could be a lot more ways that we can do that, that yeah. will not only aspire people to just, you know, to come out of the closet, which is a, a very important thing and it's a hard thing to do. Um, yeah, it's very hard. To inspire that and also inspire the, you know, them to, to do big things. And to volunteer. We need volunteers. We need people yeah. to step up and give back to the community because I think the most beautiful feeling you can experience, aside from real love, 
however, whatever form that love takes is allowing yourself to be so selfless that in return, it's actually selfish because what you're gaining from being so selfless is you can't compare that feeling of giving and of giving to people who really are in need. Absolutely. And, you know, as a, as a core energy coach, we learn, um, you know, there are different vibrations, different, you know, levels of consciousness that we actually navigate through life. And, and as a matter of fact, giving and being a volunteer and giving to others is one way of elevating your level of consciousness. So, and, and the reason is obviously we are designed yeah. that way. Um, you know, to, to be part of a community and to actually make an impact in a community and, 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 and try to, to give a little bit of joy to somebody else or, or relieve a little bit of the pain of somebody else. And as we're doing that, it is a, the easiest way and feeling gratitude, both, to elevate your level of consciousness. So when you start doing mm. that, it's not only actually about the other person because the space that you create when you vibrate a little higher, it's complete benefit for yourself and your in your life. So I agree 100% with you. I think there has to be a lot more more voices yeah. um, that speak to the benefits of volunteering, the benefits of, of, of helping out the community that are not only and and just contributing and just like getting out of your house, socializing, meeting people like us who might you know might help you you might help us you know like it's a two-way street it's it's I love that you say that because I, a lot of the times most of the times when I have a client or when I go to workshops I always always learn something new and you know I get so inspired by my clients and, and what they go through yeah or if I see in a workshop somebody that asks a question and I can address it and it, it clicks in a way it, and then their growth I mean it's so inspiring to me so it's it's definitely a two-way street yeah and I, I like that you mentioned that for sure it's like um, I'm totally stealing this from a movie so in case I actually become you know, this, this comes to something really great. I want to give credit to, to the movie Waking Life. Um, but what is it? It's like words are inert. You know, it's like you can say love and then someone can process love, go back to their, you know, um, loss of love, loss usually people go back to the loss instead of the positive, right? When, when we're thinking back. And what I think is really beautiful is when we don't always have to communicate verbally and just be present with one another mm -hmm. and feel like we've been understood in silence and it might be transient, but I think it's really what we live for. Yeah. You know? And that's a, that's a great quote from uh, one of my favorite films, Waking Life. So uh, I highly recommend that you check that out. We are back. 
Just uh, some te technical difficulties because we don't have any volunteers for behind the scenes. <laughs> but um, just a quick shout out. If you are interested in volunteering for LesPod, um, I will be happy to compensate you. I will be happy to take you out to dinner. I will be happy to introduce you to very well-known people in the community. And I will make sure that you get the credibility that you deserve. And all I'm asking for is an hour a week. So think about it. Um, I love the plug. Perfect. Yeah, just keep it real. Um, so you guys would tell me what tell me what Monica's up to right now. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you share a lot about your history. You know, what you do. Uh, is there anything that you kind of want to promote or focus on or discuss that that's um, making an impact in your life right now? So, thank you for the question. I think that, um, I mean, last year was a phenomenal year. Um, and the year before that was a phenomenal year as well for me for coaching. But one of the things that made me realize and, and, and kind of the niche that I was going for was literally hold organizations accountable for their people's growth, okay? Which so, is extremely hard because that's EQ. It is hard, but it's also lack of knowledge because, um, mm. for example, right now employees get health benefits, 401k, and, and the whole, you know, they sometimes get even, you know, health benefits like gym memberships and stuff like that. Yeah. So organizations have evolved a lot uh, to take care of their employees for a reason. You know, employees happy, customers are happy, everybody wins, the whole thing. Yeah, Jeff Bezos killing it. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm, just kidding. I'm being <laughs> What I think there, there is still um, a responsibility for organizations to sponsor the growth and the level of, and, the, and raise the level of consciousness of their employees um, as well because that also obviously translates into higher life satisfaction for the employees. So it's a win-win. I've, I've done a lot of workshops like that last year uh, where I realized there's a huge interest and, and just to give you a number, you know, if you if you raise the level of consciousness of your employees mm -hmm. by coaching workshops and things like that, correct? Throw a little Tony Robbins and maybe some Gary Vee, whatever, you know, exactly, whatever resonates. Yeah, you you raise their life satisfaction level, and what that does, for example, you increase three hundred percent their innovation capabilities. You're kidding me. No. Is that a Proven. That's a statistic. 100%. 300%. So now wow. companies are realizing. That's incredible. Like everybody wants innovation, wants innovation. We need innovation, but you yes. don't have the support for the people to actually become at their best so they can actually innovate. So, so they don't have the willingness. It's not a willingness because everybody wants to get better. But because we. Think? A lot of times we, we do. I think we do. Uh, we don't know how. I think it's innate. I like that. That's well said. That we want to get be, become better, but we many, many times we don't know how. And, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why I want to pursue organizations to let them know about that responsibility and continue to pursue because it's a win-win-win. The employee, the person, are, we win. The company wins. And the community wins because um, 
I'll tell you one thing that I think it's very important and actually for this community is very important. Yeah. You know, we are, we're all resonating at certain level of frequency. So each Correct. one of us, right? Yeah. So it's pretty neat actually, but it's true. We, we all have a level of resonation and we call it a average le a resonating level. Yeah. What that does is you and I, now that we have become a system, our average resonating level of our system is our, both of our averages. So if we yeah. have, for example, a whole corporation and their average resonating level of their own employees is raised, right. then the company's average resonating level is raises going to as raise, well. Right. And that it's, has, like a it's like a domino effect. It's a, exactly. So that's why I always say it's a personal work with a collective impact. So if we can actually allow our, our community, and now we're talking about, you know, the, 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 the LGBT community. Yes. And we can support them in actually raising that level of consciousness. Our community as a system will become, you know, more innovative, a better adaptability. 20, it was like 45% um, higher, a, what do you call it, a, um, resiliency, you know, adapt to change. 24% mm, productivity, for example. So there's a lot of benefits on why we want to raise our level of consciousness. And I want to go after that. And I have some plans that I'm working on, including a book about it. But I think that... the the awesome. Yeah. Good for you. The, Can the end game. It? Yes, of course. Once it's done, whenever. Yeah, of course. I think the end game is to have people uh, acknowledge that it is a personal work with a collective impact. Yes. So here's a question for you. How do you escape reality when it gets too much? How do you cope? How do you um, you know when shit hit when when the life shows up? How do you take these skills that you've made an effort to learn on your own or with with others and implement them consciously make an effort to implement them on a regular basis obviously it takes practice but we're human we fall short sometimes how what is your way of coping life always gets hard um, it doesn't matter where you are, if you're starting a business or you are a complete millionaire or you're starting in the dating world or you have or five you kids and a beautiful relationship, life always gets hard. Um, and different things work for different people. True. Uh, for me, personally, uh, I am very thankful that I found yoga, for example, and meditation. Um, yeah. And, and breathing exercises. Those yeah are my tools to because I, I i do get obviously irritated and, you know you, we, we get all these feelings you're a capricorn i am an aquarius you're an aquarius february 4th is my birthday send me some february love 4th, no <laughs> nudes but you can send her money and you can send her like positivity but no nudes out of respect um but it, it's become one of my greatest tools and i cope with that and obviously you know Sometimes cool. I, 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 I fall back and I have my glass of wine and I, you know, I enjoy my wine. I cope with that as well. I don't drink often, but uh, when you're talking about coping mechanisms, there are things 
that I prefer to do. Um, and one of the major things I think is important is that I don't, I try not to hate on myself if I don't choose the right thing. And I just, the Give next time. Give an example. Time, I like that, but I want an example sure. so that the people can kind of Absolutely. have Absolutely. So for example, I recently stopped smoking. Cigarettes? Cigarettes and vaping. Like I haven't vaped in a while. I used to vape. How long? How long has it been? It's been probably six months. That's fucking, that's awesome. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. However, yes. uh, every now and then I would, I want a cigarette and I have a cigarette and then I, I, I catch myself, why did you do that? Like, you know, so I, I forgive myself a lot of times and I think it's important to do that. Uh, the next time, you know, I know I can choose meditation <laughs> as, a, as a coping mechanism. So it, it is a journey, it's a work in progress, but when life gets hard, my first option is usually just center myself. It helps me a lot. And yoga is one of the vehicles. That's amazing. I, um, I just want you to know, you know, after this podcast, we're gonna become pretty good friends. And um, I think, I truly, I truly believe that everybody who's been on my, my show, my podcast, Les Pod, um, and just to be very honest, uh, I, this, this was a two-person show about two years ago, uh, so I can't take full credit for the entire concept. I do want to give uh, Chicky Lulu a shout out. Um, but we decided to do our own thing, and thank you to her for allowing me to still continue this on because now I have a different message, a different uh, focus, and it gives me an ability to help people that might not be able to watch things like this because it's too painful or they can't relate or I don't know, sometimes it's just hard to face your own demons, right? But if she can do it and I can do it, you can do it. Like, we're not that unique. We're unique. But when it comes to problem solving, finding the solution, we're not that, we're not that unique. It's just, it's always a choice who we choose, who we want to become, right? I love that, and, and, and what I will add also is that a lot of times, and I've seen it in my clients, uh, we are addicted to negative thoughts, or we are addicted to... Instant gratification. Sure, instant gratification is another example. Um, so, we fall back into defaults, into programming, and, yes. and that actually limit us, and makes us... It, 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 it impacts us in a way, in an actually negative way, but we are so comfortable there that we fall back. Correct. You know, we fall back into perfectionism, or we fall back into uh, feeling like the victim, or we fall mm. back into different programming and defaults. That it takes a lot of work to get out of there. Yep. But once you start, I think that you know it's it's a beautiful journey because then a lot of things change in your life. And yes, we're gonna fall back, but I think what you said is the important thing is like you always have a choice. And we were talking about this yesterday. Yes. Um, just knowing that you always have a choice every day, um, it's, it's very powerful. Yeah, I mean, like I can get up, I, I, just to be very honest with you guys, I'm not always 
I don't like to share negativity because I created a page about positivity. So at the end of the day, I feel guilt, but I'm just gonna keep it real. I am a human being and uh, you know, life shows up, life happens. And um, I've been kind of struggling a little bit recently and you know, showing up here today, even though I didn't really want to. Um, being there for somebody who is choosing to be there for me, who doesn't, didn't have to. And then having this empowering conversation that takes you to all different kinds of levels of how you can view your mindset, perception, what reality is, right? Um, I think that it's important to share more and that would become more vulnerable because the more vulnerable we become, the more that people feel like they are accepted. And then maybe the next party you go to, they'll come up to you and say, hey, I remember you and you made me feel important and I needed that. And you could literally change somebody's life. So um, never discount the kind of impact that you can make on the world. Yes, there's seven billion people and counting, but nonetheless, what you do makes a difference in material terms, what you do makes a difference in how people feel, and how about, and most, most importantly, how you feel about yourself. Um, so just to wrap this up, I don't wanna keep it too long. What is something that you'd like to see um, kind of take precedence more so within specifically the lesbian community? I think that, and we're not bashing, we're just, you know, like, how can we be better? How can we be more helpful? How can we inspire people to, you know, stop watching this? It's okay. You can turn this off right now. Call me and and say, how can I help you today? And let's go feed some fucking homeless people. And that's how you can help me. You know, like, how do we, how do we do that? And, and I kind of answered your question for you, which I apologize. Um, <laughs> I but, love it. But what would you say from your own personal um, opinion that we could do as a community, as whoever identifies as female, and make an impact, whether it's monthly, bi-monthly, but something that gives us something to look forward to. Because I think people need that. I love your question, and I have already so many things in my mind, but I, I, I want to focus on one which is very specific. Sure. Um, I think that, and with the experience that I've seen around, I think the lack of awareness, personal awareness, and I'm not saying about how I want to be identified or like what's my sex orientation. Like I, I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying the lack of awareness of what triggers me. Mm. What am I programmed? Why my relationship with my mother, for example, is the way that it is. Um, what makes me really happy? 
Mm. But not happy in a way where, okay, we're going to get the next, um, you know, Chanel or the next best car, but what gives me long lasting, sustainable joy. And also, what are the things that, that, you know, me as an individual, as a Monica, what are my shadows? You know, I think a lot of times we're not even aware, um, you know, what our shadows are. And we just put it under the rug and we pretend they don't exist. And that affects us a lot. And I think the number one thing that I would, I would, I would want to see is more people being accountable for their own awareness, you know, being aware of, their, of themselves and what they, get, what they can work on. It's a beautiful journey. And I think that's going to, again, help benefit, you know, have benefit a lot of people. Uh, but I've seen a, a lot of growth around just starting with awareness and a lot of like a huge change in directions, just being aware of a lot more than you think you know yourself. Mm. And fascinating. Here's the other thing. Yeah. Allowing yourself to be completely different than you what you thought you would be. So what I wanna say with that is I wanna see more of us a figuring things out as we go, you know, like you're doing. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I was a tennis player for many, many years. I was, you know, I'm in marketing for many, many years. And now I'm a coach, you know. Like, I want to see people testing different things about themselves. Not because you've been, let's say, an engineer your whole life. You're only that, you know. I want to see more playfulness, more curiosity uh, in our community because I think that's going to make us grow. Yeah, it's going to help us figure out who we really are instead of wondering and please don't take this the wrong way but i feel like the majority of society lives in sheep mode it's like conformity people get up they go to work 90 percent of the people you ask them why they go to work because everyone else goes to work not because they want to be successful not because they want to do something different because of conformity. So I think that what you said is so powerful and we need more leaders. We need more people to step up, share their stories, you know, um, you know, do a spiritual event. Like, I mean, anything that will make people feel a part of because I feel like there's so many lonely people right now. Not as lonely as there was in 2020, but there's still a lot of lonely people. Not everyone can afford therapy. Not everyone has friends. Not everyone can keep friends because they struggle with mental, mental illness and sometimes that, that gets exhausting for the other person. And I think creating an environment where not only can you give back and feel good about yourself, but you're also receiving that positivity and self-worth that you deserve. That takes time, um, work, consistency, and self-discipline to, to create and to sustain. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Thanks. I, I kind of feel like it's still a show, but I just... Um, <laughs> you made a great closing, but that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's pretty cool. 
Um, so anything, again, just, just to uh, make sure that I uh, cover everything, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? No, I mean, just, um, you know, having this conversation made me think of, uh, of um, you know, I, I, I wrote an ebook about my transformation and what was important for me. Um, and it's basically, you know, five things I learned um, that I wish I had learned 10 years ago. First. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, if you follow my, my account, um, the link is going to be there to take you. Uh, it's a free ebook, but it, it talks about the five steps that I, and the five things that I believe are the gateway to understand and, and I think, you know, be kind of a little bit more conscious and allow yourself to be transformed. That's awesome. So don't just read the four agreements. Read the five <laughs> steps, okay? Because they're probably on the same page. Um, well, Monica, thank you so much for showing up. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being accountable and example to the women in the community, an example to me. Um, and I... Uh, I know that you're going to keep doing great things, and if there's anything I can do to contribute, please let me know. Same here. We're family. Absolutely. Same here. I definitely, I love the invitation. I love the conversation. Thank you. I think it was a very powerful conversation for me. I got to know you. I got to see a little bit more of you, and I think you are doing beautiful things, and allow me to help you if I can in any way. Thank you. I will definitely take you up on that offer. Absolutely. I will. I'm accountable. We're, yes. We're accountable. All right. So um, I'm just going to close one more time. So again, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great having you. And I hope to see you again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>